0: Hi there, and welcome back for another episode of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I'm your host, Alana, and I'm so excited to have you join me again. Today on the podcast is a really special guest. My dear, dear friend, Jeanette Van Buskirk, joins us, and she has a really sweet and important and special conversation with us all about grief, and you know, this holiday season, it's a time for joy. It's a time for memories. It's a time for doing all of the fun things, but it can also be a really hard time for people. Um, If you've lost loved ones, which most of us have, um, it can be really hard. You know, you sit around the dinner table and you notice the ones that aren't there and you have traditions and they're not there to be a part of it. And it can be a really, really hard thing, especially that first holiday without them. And so this episode is really special to me. And it's really, um, it's it's just a really good one. <laughs> Jeanette opens up a lot about her story and shares that as well as um, she gives some advice and some encouragement to those of you who have, those of us who have lost loved ones this year and are experiencing our first holiday without them, as well as those of us who have loved ones who are walking through a really hard time and are walking into their first holiday without someone and just how we can support and encourage and love them well. So it just is, it's a really important and needed conversation. And I hope and pray that it encourages you all. So grab a cup of coffee and join us as we pour it out. Well, hi, friend. Hello. I am super excited to have you here. Um, Maybe a little more excited than you are to be here, but I'm very excited (laughs) to have you here. Um, I have wanted to talk to you for a long, long time, and so it's taken some um, convincing and some bribery with some Sweet William's Apples, Um, but you're here.
1: (laughs) Go anywhere for a Sweet (laughs) William's Apple. (laughs) Those
0: things are magical. I love them. I love them, love them, love them. (laughs) Um, Okay, so to get started, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, my name is Jeanette. And I am a local girl, uh, born and raised in Waverly, go Tigers, (laughs) been in Chillicothe for three times longer, it seems like, than I was in Chillicothe, or in Waverly. So I'm a Ross County, Pike County girl at heart, lived out of the area for just a very short time, but I love it here. I think we live in a wonderful place. I love our city. I love the scenery. I love the people. Um... I was married to a pastor. I have four children, um, one, a stepdaughter, three biological children, and I have wonderful grandchildren and even a great granddaughter. And everybody lives close. And so we see each other um, and talk to each other, some more than others. But uh, I love doing ministry and working with the people in Chillicothe.
0: That's so awesome. You are um and just to give a little context your three biological children are
1: how far apart? I have 3 years. <laughs> yes. You, the, <laughs> when the youngest was born the oldest had just turned 3.
0: Yes. And you homeschooled?
1: I did. Yes. So you get mom of the year. <laughs> and I'm still pretty sane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very sane. I just that's like a fact that not a lot of people may know about you that I just think is
1: amazing. <laughs> that the kids survived or that Remember I did? That you had
0: like three kids under three.
1: I know. I, I don't know how that, I'm not sure how that worked. We had three car seats in the back of a car, not a van, but in the back of a car, we had three car seats at one point. Three car,
0: or three kids under three, married to a pastor. Yes. And sane.
1: Well, I might not have been then, <laughs> but I didn't. And don't drink I, coffee. I, no, not at all. Don't, I don't. I, I don't. Eric drank it by the potfuls every day. I have never wanted a cup of coffee.
0: That's crazy.
1: I drink unsweetened tea like it's going out of style, but. <laughs>
0: um, well, I, I'm very, I don't know if excited is the word. I'm very honored and thankful to have you here. Um, I think that your story is very important, um, especially this time of year. Um, so, you know, I I didn't know Eric. I didn't have the opportunity to know him. I knew of him um, because I went to New Life with Skip and Pastor Skip adored him. Um, and so he talked about him a lot, but I never got a chance to meet him. And then um I met Nathaniel um one of your boys when we went on a mission trip and um it was about 5 months after he passed and then I met you in October and so and I remember going back and reading your blogs and that's what's that's what really got me was I was like oh my gosh like just the way that you so openly shared about grief um and your life with him And the process of all of it just really, it ministered to me and, um, you know, it's a journey that I have not walked, but even then, and I wasn't even married then, um, but just the hope and the faith that you had in your relationship with the Lord was something that I really admired and still admire um, about you. And so um, I think... You know, this conversation is one that I wanted to have because I do think that you have um, a heart for um, people who walk through loss and through grief. And so I just want you to kind of share that um, and start out by sharing your story with Eric.
1: Well, I guess, first of all, I should probably say, I wish this wasn't my story. Yes, <laughs> I wish that I was still in the dark on what this feels like and the journey that it takes and the amount of time that it takes, but it is my story, and it started a long time ago with a neighbor who thought that Eric and I would make a great couple, that she should introduce us, and at this time, I still lived in Waverly, and he pastored in Hallsville, so um, she had connection up, connections here, and had um, her mother had attended the church, and so anyway, she brought me up, and my my first, um, my first introduction to him was, he's a really nice guy, but I am not really interested in him. But I love this church. These people are the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life. I just fell in love with them. And um, so continued to come to Ross County for church, and it wasn't long until I loved him <laughs> as, as much as I loved the people of the church. Um, and this is a very short clip version of, of our relationship, but um, we got married rather quickly, which as a parent <laughs> would probably scare me to death. But nonetheless, it worked for us and it wasn't an easy life, but it was a great life, a good marriage. We had a good relationship. It was um, a little traditional, a little non-traditional in that I stayed home. I homeschooled. Um, We didn't have any children for five years after we were married. um, Our first child was born three months prematurely and only lived for 34 days. That's uh, another grief aspect of my life that I wish was not my story, but it is. Um, so we've worked through lots of things. Um, you know, pastoring a church is not an easy thing. It is rewarding. It is, I think the best job in the whole world. Um, but it's not easy and takes a lot of teamwork and a lot of prayer. And, but we loved what we did and thrived there. And that was our family. So, uh, that's kind of where the journey began just with a young girl and her sweetie. I call (laughs) him my handsome and the journey that we went on having children, raising, uh, great kids, pastoring, getting involved in the community learning as we went.
0: And then when did he, when did he get sick?
1: Um, my kids were all teenagers and i'm i'm guessing probably around 2004 maybe four to five years before he actually passed um we were we were on vacation we were getting ready to leave for vacation one year and delayed our trip because um a, a community member passed away and the family wanted eric to to do the funeral so we waited a few days longer to leave stayed home a little extra And as we were leaving town, he just had a really bad headache. And this headache persisted as we kept moving south. And he didn't feel much better the first three or four days. And things just got, it just, he was not well and not right. And we knew that. Um, We made the best of it. We have some funny moments from those times that we still laugh about as a family. They're not funny, but they're funny to us. And um, so we came home early And ended up going straight to the emergency room because he was, we just knew he wasn't well. And that led us to um, him being transported to Columbus and them doing several tests. And two to three days later, we ended up in an oncology ward. We're introduced to our oncologist who was amazing. And we began that part of a journey together as well um, as a family. And, me, my kids, Eric, our extended family, and our church family. Because when you pastor and you love your people, they're going through this with you. Yeah. So over the course of a few years, we had remission. We had great times. We had hair loss. We had exhaustion. We had more medications than we knew what to do with. We learned terminology we we did not want to know. We became very comfortable with a drive and procedures and Needles and hospitals, um, and just wound our way through it until uh, towards the, the end um, in December of 2007 when symptoms called us, caused us to once again call the doctor. And within a couple of days, they said, This is probably going to be the one that doesn't leave you, and you probably have maybe six weeks. So we went home and began a prayer vigil and to see how we could deal and what we should do and where God led us. And then, so that was December Mm -hmm.
0: and they said six weeks. So Mm -hmm. it was longer than that. Seven weeks. Okay. Seven Seven weeks.
1: Yes. And some of that was in the hospital. Some of it was critical care in the hospital. Some of it was home on hospice and some of it was just home. Yeah. Just home.
0: And then, so I mentioned that you, you know, you had a blog and stuff. What made you want to share that with
1: the world? Well, um, it was a church blog. It, it Eric actually started it okay. when he was ill and couldn't be around people. And, you know, everybody wanted to know, how are you doing? What do you, and. Of course, technology was kind of new at that point. I mean, the the iPhone was just coming out and apps were just beginning, you know, so we were just new with technology and this blog thing was kind of, hey, this might be an easy way instead of emailing everybody or calling or whatever. So he actually started um, his journey on, on a blog by sharing with people. And when he got too sick to do that, then I took over updating for him. And then when he passed, we transitioned that into me sharing because people still wanted to know how we were doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love, you know, again, I hate the wording of things. You know me well enough to know my heart. Like I want to say, I love that you did that, but, but I do love that you did that because I think, you know, there were a lot of people who read that and who were able to not feel so alone in it. And were were able to read it and say, oh, my gosh, I've been there. Oh, my gosh, I I feel that. And even for people like me who haven't been there and who hadn't at that point hadn't even experienced marriage yet, um, it was still just I remember reading it thinking that's the kind of marriage I want. That's the kind of family I want, the way that you loved him and honored him so well, I was like, that's what I want. That's what this is. That's what this
1: thing's all about. That's me. Um, now, is that still up? I anywhere? think it is still up. I have not added to it for several years. It's still available and you have to go backwards <laughs> to get to those particular entries, but it's still there. We'll have to find it and I'll put a link so people can go and
0: and read it. Um, so I and I don't, this is up to you how many you want to share, but just some of the lessons that you've learned, um, or how, how, well, I guess some lessons that you've learned slash how you've come to know Jesus in a different way,
1: um, over the last almost 15 years. It is going on 15 years. Uh, this will be our 15th Christmas, I believe without his presence. And he, uh, He's missed <laughs> all the time, but at Christmas he was the one who was likely to be a little more extravagant, <laughs> a lot more last minute <laughs> um, uh, and and his um input is is it's different without him. It's um I guess if i I guess it's okay to still feel that. Mm -hmm. And it, all the firsts are hard. So I know people that are experiencing firsts this year and maybe not with a husband. Um, I have family members who have recently said goodbye to a father and things are different. Mm -hmm. And I will have to say that I felt supernaturally held. I grieved deeply. It was, and I hope this doesn't sound like I'm a weirdo, but it was months and months before I didn't cry at least one time every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean months. I didn't cry all day. I didn't lay in bed and wail. But it was months before my heart was able to not cry. Mm -hmm. Um, Things changed and they were things that I wasn't ready for. I had no idea how exhausting grief can be. Mm -hmm. I literally physically was exhausted. Um, I went through periods of time where Eric passed away at 630 in the morning. And for a couple of weeks, every morning at 6.30, I was wide awake. I I didn't do that on purpose. Mm -hmm. It was just there. And he died on a Tuesday. And when Tuesday would roll around in the week, I would just think, oh, can we just get past this? Those kind of things tapered off faster than other things. Um, I, I can still remember... I can still remember and feel sitting on a couch in a back room in our house where we had spent our last few weeks with Eric and moved things around there. And I can remember just sitting there with my Bible open after he was gone and wanting to pray but there were no words mm-hmm. there was just and i'm a wordy person <laughs> anybody <laughs> who knows me knows how i'm a talker i had no words mm-hmm. but the inside feelings were so deep that it was one of those times when i knew that god knew what i needed to say and i felt wrapped i felt held in a way I'd never felt before. And that prayer time without words was one of the most precious things I, to this day, have probably ever experienced. Um, God understood, you know. I experienced so many ups and downs and emotions and tried to um, get back to normal. I don't know that I've ever gotten back to normal. I I mean, normal isn't normal. And Nathaniel said to me once, we'll find a new normal. Mm -hmm. We'll find a new normal. And we have. Mm -hmm. And then, so your kids were all how, how teenage? When Eric passed, mm-hmm. um, the youngest was 19, Okay. 18 or 19. I can't remember now, but so yeah, they, Christy, were they? Christopher was married and in college, um, expecting his first child. And Nathaniel was in college and Christy had just graduated high school. Okay.
0: And so being in grief yourself and walking through that and caring for them, Was that, I mean, I can.
1: I have the utmost empathy for parents who have small children and a parent passes away. I had older kids who helped take care of me. Mm -hmm. So I can't imagine having toddlers or elementary children Mm -hmm. and being as grieved as I was. And trying to be a single parent and working and being all the things to these little people who love you and are grieving as well. My kids probably got the short end of the stick (laughs) when it came to being taken care of. Um, Of course, Christopher and Kristen had to go back to college. They had to leave. And Nathaniel and Christy were here. Nathaniel um, just opted to stay home from his um, return to college in January before Eric passed away because he knew he was going to be needed at home. I wanted him to go back, but I'm grateful he did not in that it could have, it really, his presence there and his physical presence was needed to do things that I couldn't do alone. Um, I'm, you know, that's a turn in life that I wish we hadn't had to make for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Christy was set to go off on six months worth of missions, and she didn't get to do that. You know, God works through all those things. Mm-hmm. I'm I just trust that He knew and mm-hmm. planned and ordained what was to take place for them.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to interrupt the podcast really quick and tell you about a few local partnerships that I have going on with some downtown businesses. The first one is Sweet William Blossom Boutique. It is located at 90 West 2nd Street across from Carl's House. They have the best of the best chocolate-covered strawberries. I mean, literally the best in the whole entire world, I think. Um, They also have gourmet apples, charcuterie boards, they sell candles, they sell a little bit of everything, and now they even have chicken noodle soup, and it is phenomenal. I don't even like chicken noodle soup, but I tasted it, and I fell in love. It's delicious. Um, They also have a combo where you can do um, chicken salad croissant with chicken noodle soup, and it is fantastic, and... They just started selling Dirty Pop, cue all of the NSYNC music, and um, they're delicious drinks. They are pop mixed with some syrups and some creamer, and it's made with love, and it's fantastic. So go check them out if you have not been there yet, and I promise you will be so happy, and you can send Especially the chocolate-covered strawberries. I'm a little bit partial and a little bit biased, but you can send them and they come in a wonderful pink box and it's just magical because it brightens your day right away. Also, the other one is Roast Coffee. It is located at 107 East 2nd Street in the Fort Collective, the best of the best coffee here in town. Best drinks, best atmosphere. You walk in, you see tons of people that you know and you get to love on and it's fantastic. The baristas are amazing. They get to know you. They know your order. I literally walk in and they have my drink made before I even pay. Cannot say enough good things. Go check Roast Out. Also, it's located in the Fort Collective, like I said, and so there's other stores in there. So you can shop while you wait for your coffee. And so win, win, win. It's fantastic. Go check them out. Both of these places are absolutely wonderful. And if you go check them out, just let them know that I sent you. Okay. So as we walk into this holiday season, I mean, I know we've already done Thanksgiving, but especially there's just something different about Christmas and, um, you know, I know whether it's the first or the 15th or the, you know, 40th or whatever um, without the person, I know it's always hard. It doesn't, it's always hard, but there is something like you said about the first that just made, it's fresh. It's the first time, you know, experiencing um, the holiday without them. Um, what would you say to the people who, because I know a lot of people, even just in the last few months that have lost loved ones, um, spouses, parents, kids, um, what would you say to them as they walk into the first? And, I mean, just people who are feeling the, the weight of grief, period, but especially that first one.
1: Uh, my my first piece of advice would be feel it. Don't stuff it. Um, I know you're going to want to be choosy about where you feel it, when you feel it, who is around when you feel it, but feel it, um, ponder it, miss them, talk to them if you need to, Uh, hold something of theirs if you want to just rehearse some of the things that you love about the season with them. Um, Maybe there's a special gift that they've given you or one that you had planned to give them and now unexpectedly you can't do that. Um, I would say just feel it and let yourself cry. Let yourself go there. Um, (laughs) I would also encourage you that in that feeling to make sure that you laugh. Make sure that you don't just focus on what you're missing remember what you had um if you had a really good relationship then remember those times and um remember the the good gifts with fondness or excitement or the time the christmas tree fell over or i mean one year we had to we had to cut down two different christmas trees and ended up buying a artificial for the third one because <laughs> we just we didn't pick well or something i don't know what we did but they dried out they were not good and and you remember things like that you remember things that we had a tradition at our house um, that Eric started because he had heard it on a radio thing and we started sleeping around the Christmas tree in sleeping bags with our kids on Christmas Eve. And about three years into that, he was like, what the heck was I thinking? And, and But we continued until the kids got this little too old to do it and I look back at that now and laugh and smile and remember the contributions that 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 he made. So I would say, just bask in the goodness and understand that when you're not up to par for the holidays, Jesus knows it's, it's okay. Don't be a wet blanket, but don't be fake either.
0: Yeah. And then for people who love them, you know, for people who, um, who have loved ones who have lost um, and who want to be there and who want to love them well, what would you say to them? What are some, I don't want to say like categorize do's and don'ts, but also like what, what are some things that are helpful? What were, were there some specific things that were super helpful to you? And then are there some things that you're like, whatever you do, don't do this?
1: Well, you know, I'm one person, right? And I have friends that I've talked with and, you know, we've shared this, this doggone loss Um, in different ways, at different times, in different stages of life. And I think that every one of us are a little bit different. And so you have to know the person Mm -hmm. that you're dealing with, um, the person that you want to help. You need to um, think about what their personality is like and go with that. For me, it was wonderful when people allowed me to talk about Eric And did not make that feel odd Mm -hmm. when they um, would approach me with a story or a memory or ask me a specific question that would allow me to um, just bring him into the present day setting was healing for me to be able to do that. I know some people don't want to talk. I think they need to, but eventually Mm -hmm. um, you have to kind of let them make that call, uh, Don't exclude them. Don't think that just because they're sad, they don't want an invitation. Invite them and let them make that decision. If you see them wavering, um, no, I don't want to go Christmas, Caroline, or no, let's not go to the Christmas program together, or I don't want to go out for lunch. You know, if you see that and you think it's not sincere, sometimes it's because they're afraid they're going to be too emotional. Mm -hmm. Let them know it's okay. They don't have to say anything. Even if they just want to sit in a booth and have a cup of coffee with you and hold your hand or cry, that's what you're there for. Mm -hmm. So don't let them weasel out of everything, but don't push them beyond their breaking point either. Um, Some things you shouldn't ask if you can help do, just do. Mm -hmm. If you know a single woman who can't get a Christmas tree up, say, look, I'm coming over Tuesday night. We'll put your tree up. I'll get it. I'll get your decorations out of the attic. I can help you put the outside lights up. Um, don't don't say when is it good. Kind of let them know that you are coming to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be having breakfast on Christmas Eve morning. You know, whatever you need to do. Sometimes it's hard to ask. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even when people ask you, you still feel like you're imposing. So be the imposer if you're the friend. And just say, you know, I really, really want to come help you put up those outside lights. Or I really would like to take you Christmas shopping. I know you don't feel like driving in Columbus this year. Let's have an afternoon. Um, Again, and then when you go back, I want to talk to the people that are like me, that were the one that was in loss. Accept those things. You know, let the people that love you, love you. If they're not doing it in the right way, it's not their fault. Let them know what the right way is. And for those that are trying to help, please be patient. It hurts. It's hard. It, um, it's it's like trying to live with half of you. Um, you don't know quite how to do that yet. It's like being a little off balance, you know? Um, somebody takes one of your limbs or you lose one. You're just a little bit wobbly. So if that person cries at the drop of a hat, please don't be embarrassed. Please don't make them feel embarrassed. Just let them cry. If you're having a great time and all of a sudden they're not, it could be because a particular Christmas carol or a color or an expression all of a sudden triggered something for them. It's not that they're never gonna come out of that. They want to come out of that. Just don't push them too hard. And to go back again on the other side of the fence as the one who's experiencing the loss You cannot stay there forever. Yeah. It may take you a long time, but you always have to keep in mind that it is your goal to come out of that and to not live in the past and not live in the grief, but to move on because you still have a life to live. Yeah.
0: I love that. Um, I love that. That's, that's very helpful. Um, I, you know, I have, I have people very, very close to me who have lost people very, very close to them this year. And my personality is, I want to help. I want to, you know, I want to do all the things I want to, I want to do. I'm a doer. I'm a helper. I want to, you know, all the things. And so, but I, it is hard because it's that balance of not pushing too hard, but also, you know, pushing a little bit because you don't want them to stay there and you don't want them to stay stuck and you don't want them to miss out on things because of their fear. Right. Or they're afraid
1: that they'll bring everybody else down. Yes. Cause I've heard
0: that. I've heard, I mean, I've heard that a lot. I just don't want to be, I'm probably not going to be good company. I'm probably not the best person to be around right now. It's Christmas. It's the happy time of the year. I don't want to be the one that's sad. Yeah. And you know, to, understand that and to offer the understanding but also okay but also it's okay if you cry the whole time while we do it i still want you to come while we do it
1: yes yeah <laughs> you know and and for them to know that makes all the difference in the world yeah you know because if if you tell them what you think they need and they're able to trust you enough to tell you what they need then the two of you will figure it out yeah you know it'll be okay But both, both parties have to be honest in that. And again, I don't know what it's like for everybody, right? For me, tears were just always that people would stop by my office. People that I worked with would stop by my office, poke their head in and say, how you doing? And I would be in tears immediately. Um, I didn't mean to do that. It was just there. It's, it's right underneath the surface. Eventually that went away, but, you know, for a while, they knew when they stopped in to ask that question, they were going to be there for a few minutes. (laughs) It wasn't going to be a bad answer, but let us cry. Let us remember, let us be sad. Let us laugh and don't let us wallow. Yeah. Don't let us stay there too long.
0: And then to kind of go with that, I guess for you now that it has been some time and it is you know, it's been the journey that you've been on and, and you're kind of, you're just in it more. It's not as fresh, I guess is how I can say that. Um, is that still the case for you? Like, are, are there still things that
1: you shy away from doing? Is it still? No, I don't think so. Um, there are things that are not as much fun to do. Um, things that I miss a lot. Um, And some of those are things that were just Eric and I. Yeah. Um, I miss the dynamic that he brings to family gatherings. Um, You know, that's just different. But that's different for all of us. Mm -hmm. My family's a close family. My extended family went through this with me. And had it not been for them, I don't know what I would have done. My parents, my siblings, their spouse, i my nieces. I mean, I'm nephew. I don't know what I would have done. So we all experience that. We don't shy away from talking about him when we're together. Um, I don't not go to functions. Just sometimes it's just not as much pep in my step.
0: (laughs) Well, I want to thank you again um i have told you this a million and one times but um you know the lord's given you such a gift of joy i mean you you truly are the person that that walks in the room and it gets brighter i think i've told you that since the day i met you that's (laughs) embarrassing i think i've said that since (laughs) i met you i mean that is what um you know that that is that's who you are and that is a gift of. That's how he lives in you. You know, that is how Jesus shines through you. And I think as someone who has, like I said, who did not know Eric and who did not know the beginning of things, but who has walked with you um, closer and closer as the years have gone on and have seen things more up close and personal as the years have gone on, the closer that we've gotten, um, that is one thing that, you know, even when in conversation, The tears might come and there might be the the sadness and the disappointment and the hurt and things Um, joy is still there it's right there and you have never lost that Um, and that is one thing that i have always admired and respected um about you the most thank you and so um i appreciate you being here and and sharing um the thing that i well is there anything else that you want to say
1: I could talk forever, but we better stop. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: really can talk forever. Yes, and we it's, can. it's dangerous. Um, so, but the, the last question that I ask um, at the end of all of my episodes is, you know, what what's the Lord speaking to you right now? What's he been saying to well, you? Well, I knew
1: you were going to ask me that. And it was probably <laughs> the question that had me more worried than anything else. Um, and I... I would say, you know, it in this, in the times we live, one thing that I feel is, you know, you hear a lot of people say, just be nice, just be nice. Um, and I agree with that. But I, I think God has been teaching me to take it further than that and extend grace, um, not just not just be nice. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a scripture that pops up on my iPad when I open it. That's from first Corinthians that says, let all you do be done in love. And those are nice words, but they're a challenge. Yeah. They're a challenge to me. Um, I think that we are way, way, way quick to break ties or be mean or say things And I think, I I know social media makes that easier. I know sometimes we say things about people we've never met. We don't know, we'll never know. Um, Why we think we have the right to do that, I'm not quite sure. I also know that social media has allowed us to be rude to people we do know Mm -hmm. because we can do it without looking them in the eye. I think we need to think that through a little bit. I also know it causes us to um, distance ourselves when we need to offer grace, you know, I have not yet, and I'm getting older. <laughs> I'm getting there. I've not yet met anyone who has it all together. Yeah. I've not yet met anyone, no matter what their age, that wouldn't say I'm still learning. If they're smart, they would not say that. <laughs> and so things that I do today, if they offend you, I would like to think that you would not just go, well, she's not my friend anymore. Work with me. Stay with me. You know, we have bosses we don't like. We have pastors we don't like. We have neighbors we don't like. And so instead of offering grace and trying to do things in love, we call the police. We leave the church. We say bad things about people. And I don't think that's the right way to go. I have a piece of paper. That's from um, a very old devotional that I have taped in the back of one of my old Bibles. And I wanted to read that when yeah. I knew that you were going to ask me about this today. Um, and, and I wanted to read this. It says, those who minister the gospel, which is every believer, should be gender, gentle, tender, and affectionate. What is wrong we should indeed oppose? So you don't get a pass just because people are being graceful to you, okay? What is wrong we should indeed oppose, but it should be in the kindest manner toward those who do wrong. In other words, we are to hate the sin but love the sinner. That's not easy, especially among those we know best. For another, for author C.S. Lewis, it seemed impossible until he remembered, and this is a C.S. Lewis quote, There was a man to whom I had been doing this all my life, hating the sin, but loving the sinner. It was me. It was me. I seem to be able to give myself grace for every bad thing I do, but not to the people around me. And God is helping me to extend not only kindness, but grace. That's
0: so good. That's so good. I was listening to a podcast on my way in this morning and she was talking about the verse in Romans twelve, I think it's eighteen, um, where it says, like, do all that you can to live at peace with one another. Yeah. And so that kind of yeah. goes with that. And and it's the same thing. It's hard. It is hard. It, it sounds really great and really pretty to say, um, but actually living it out is it's hard, but it's what we're called to do. It is.
1: And I think, um, mature wise and relation wise and life experience wise, we're better off when we try to work through those things yeah. rather than just cut people off and move on. We may have to part ways, Yeah. you know, because you do have to face if you've done wrong and you do need to be called into accountability for that, but you don't have to be hateful about it. Right.
0: Well, before we end, I'm going to ask one more favor of you. um, And I'm just going to ask you to pray, to pray for the ones who are hurting this holiday season. And honestly, I think all of us are in some way, shape, or form, because I think, especially over the last few years, we've all lost something. Yeah. Um, I think it would be fair to say that we've all lost someone at this point. Yeah. Um, But even if we haven't, we've lost something, you know, we've lost a lot, um, over the last few years. And so whatever the grief looks like, um, whatever the loss looks like, you know,
1: would you just pray for us? Sure. Jesus, you made us to love. And that is a wonderful emotion and a wonderful way to live But the more we love, the more we can hurt. And so we need you. We need you to hold us. We need you to send people to hold us. Father, we need you to be present and we need people to be present. So we ask you to help us navigate, hold our tears help us to smile when we don't want to bring us reasons to find joy and help us to grab onto that. Father, I pray for those who are the very first Christmas without someone who is so important to them. Father, that you would fill that space for them with love, that you would fill that space for them with precious memories. Father, whether the missing person is young or old, whether they were known for a long time or a short time, emptiness is empty. So I pray that they would fill that with your love and hold on to you and know that you are closer than the breath we breathe and that you love us more than we could ever even begin to imagine. Father, I pray that we would reach out to you and trust you. I ask you, Jesus, to give our friends the wisdom that they need to help us navigate through this long and winding road. And I pray, Father, that for every household that right now is praying with me that there would be laughter, that there would be joy when they thought that there would only be sorrow and hurt, that you would surprise them, that you would surprise them with more joy, with more peace. And I thank you, Father, that when we experience loss and we grieve, we don't do it like those people that have no hope because we know that, Eternal life is real, and what we have experienced here is just the closing of an eye, one part of a blink. Because as soon as our people left, they opened to your glory. Their eyes were right there. Father, some of them have been gone for a long time. And because time is so different in your presence, they haven't even missed us yet. (laughs) They're still experiencing all the joy and the goodness that you have prepared for them. Help us to remember that. Help us to be excited for what they have and what they're experiencing and what they are waiting on us to join them for. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us more than we could ever imagine when the end comes. I just pray for those that are grieving that they would know how much you really love them in Jesus name. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. Um, One thing that I've learned over the last few years, especially is just being able to hold joy and grief simultaneously. Yes. And I think you not only live that out, but that prayer was, was perfect to, to end with. Thank you. Thank you. It is winter time, and that means some amazing smelling candles. I love winter scents, and I love winter scents at Maggie and Me Candle Company. Uh, actually, the first candle I ever got from them was I think last year, and it was at Winter, and it is one of my all-time favorites. And they all smell amazing. You cannot go wrong. Um, go check them out. They are sold at High Five Bakery, New System Bakery, at Nelly Dog. Um, and then you can also find them at Maggie and me dot shop. So go check them out, buy some candles, let them know that Alana sent you and show them some love. They are hand poured. They are soy based. They are good for you. They are good for the environment and they are made with so much love. So go check them out at Maggie and me dot shop or at some of the local businesses downtown. Gosh, wasn't that so good? I have been thinking about this conversation for like a week now. And every time I think about it, it just makes my heart so full. Um, Just thinking about the hope that it carries. And my prayer, my hope is that you will take the things that you heard today and that you will be encouraged by them. And that you will, um, if you are someone who is hurting, then I pray that Jesus is so near to you this holiday season and that you feel his peace and that you remember to laugh and to share memories of your loved one. um, And just the, to hold joy and grief together because they can coexist and if you are someone who is walking alongside, um, someone who is hurting and grieving this holiday season, then I hope and pray that this conversation encouraged you and helped you give you tools, um, to help them and to love them well. So, um, a huge thank you to Jeanette for sharing her story, for being so vulnerable and just helping us so much, um, It just was very, very needed, and I'm just so grateful. Um, We will not have a new episode of the podcast next week. I hope that you enjoy everything about the holiday. Have a very, very Merry Christmas. And um, the following week, December 29th, there will be a new episode. It will be the last episode of 2022. And it's going to be a fun one. So I'm really excited to share that one with you all and uh, look forward to chatting with you then. So have a wonderful holiday season. Love people well. Feel Jesus near to you. Celebrate his birth and all that he is. And the reason that we have hope is because of him. So celebrate that this holiday season. And I will see you back on December 29th with a new episode of Pour It Out.